In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Welcome back into the Retirement Pathfinder. I am Ben George. They are Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky, retirement income planning specialists at Pathfinder Wealth Management serving Rockford. And today we're looking at uh, issues that are particularly important and challenging for women when it comes to financial planning. I think this is a really good topic and uh, hopefully it will help a lot of the women in our audience and also, you know, the men too, to understand kind of what they can do for their significant other, for their sister, mother, whatever it is to help them along the way. So let me welcome in Barbara and Phil. How are y'all both doing? Well, better now. <laughs> yeah, we we had quite a storm come through here last night, uh, yesterday. Saw that. I saw that. I I uh, I heard the term. Or I saw the term. I'd never heard of it before. A derecho. Is that how you pronounce it? Derecho. I think. Derecho. Yes. Okay. Yes, and it was uh, that was new to me too, Ben. It's kind of funny. Um, well, not funny in that it can uh, it means uh, hundred hundred mile an hour winds or greater. But um, I had never heard the term before either. But uh, something definitely touched down in the Rockford area last night. We've had we've been without power, and we were without power yesterday afternoon at the office, and finally have it here today. Thank goodness. But there's still many, many that don't have power in uh, the Rockford area. Yeah, it was especially bad where my mother lives in a retirement center. Uh, there were some people on oxygen that, uh, and they didn't have any uh, backup generators working at all. So that that issue That's is dangerous. That could be very serious, but. Uh, Fortunately, they're up and running this morning, and it was short-lived. Uh, I think the worst we've seen here in Rockford was probably 15 years ago. We had a storm come through, and, and we were knocked out for probably four days uh, without power. Wow. That was that was very serious. So yeah, we're back rough. at it. Well, yeah. good. I'm glad we're, you guys are. We're pretty are, lucky here, really. Yeah, I'm glad you guys Midwest. didn't take any of the, uh, the brunt of it, but hopefully those that did suffer through some damage can recover rather quickly. Um, is there any news that you guys have seen recently in the financial world that you wanted to bring to the podcast before we get started into our main topic. Yeah, I, yeah, we, we uh, listen to Brian Westbury quite a bit. He's the chief economist at First Trust, and um, he always has something very uh, timely to say. Uh, yesterday morning, uh, we listened to his commentary for this week, and uh, you know, I, I call it a, a good news, bad news, then good news again scenario. And uh, what he sees happening is um, quite an improvement, it, you know, and you don't usually hear these things in the mainstream media, unfortunately, but there's only nine states where there has been an increasing uh, level of COVID. Uh, but uh, what he said was that they expect uh, the GDP in the third quarter to pick up by 17%. I saw that uh, the president this morning talked about it being as high as 20%. But there is a significant recovery in the areas of retail, hospitality, leisure. Uh, the services are all increasing. Barb will touch on airplanes and some of that type of thing. But uh, here's the deal. I mean, the, the public is, is tired of being locked down. So people are looking to open up the economy versus politicians that are looking to shut it down or to uh, sustain a uh, some type of a quarantine. So realistically, the bad news is that uh, we probably won't see 4% unemployment again for several years. Right. And um, but there's a tremendous amount of consumption uh, that is greater than production right now. So demand is basically outpacing supply, which is excellent in all the areas. And so that's that's the good news. Uh, the bad news is that inflation uh, is is really kind of whips on us. 
And Barb, why don't you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. And then I was going to also add to what you're saying is, you know, people, people are spending, they want to get out. If you look at what's happened in the auto industry with car sales, the highest since February was the sales in July. And if you annualize that out, it looks as though that sector has pretty much recovered. But if you, but when we're talking about inflation, because we do have to address that with all of this money supply growing. And then if, if you look at the Fed's numbers, they say, they're not going to increase any rates to at least 2023. They don't, impl- they don't expect inflation to be higher than 2% until at least that time. But that's not always true. I mean, as far as uh, the, his inflation, inflation mark of the 2% target, well, we think inflation is higher than that. And it's fake news like much of the news out there. Because when you look at the stock market, if you look at real property, if you look at food and hotels and cars, I mean, you can have inflation and a recession and rising stock prices but you can also have inflation and growth and rising stock prices. So here's the question. <laughs> if the market's wrong, we'll have stock prices drop, to, drop in value. But if the market's right, then we're going to have higher inflation. I think we're pretty much going to have higher inflation because even though the feds don't expect it to be 2% until 2023, many think we're going to get there and beyond by next year. Yeah, I think that uh, you know the, the bad news part of this, Barb and Ben, is uh, is that you know inflation is here to stay, and uh, from 1990 to 2018, inflation was about 2.46 percent. Now it was all over the board for different uh, uh, sectors in the economy, but 2.46 percent. And the question is, why do people invest in the stock market, or why do they hold investments versus saving in the bank? It's to outpace inflation. So, if you're looking at a balanced portfolio, which is for most of our retirement uh, retirees, is about 50-50. They've outpaced inflation by about 3%, which is exactly what they need to look at. They have to look at uh, how much they're outpacing inflation by. They need to make their dollar stretch in years to come. And that's important. One more thing I want to add before we go on to these uh, other issues pertaining to challenges for women, uh, Ben, is that the president came out this morning. They're talking about this new support package, which is going to extend uh, unemployment to $400 a week uh, till the year's end. But the other thing that's really significant is a payroll tax deferral till the end of the year. That is a huge amount of savings, money in the pocket of your working person out there. So uh, the president may have to sign that by executive order because he's not getting very much uh, cooperation from Congress. We'll see what happens. Right. Yeah, it seems like we're in store for a very interesting next, I mean, obviously next few months, but I think even beyond that, another year or two. Just who knows what what to expect with so many changes and so many different uh, factors really weighing in on the economy from all different angles. So we'll definitely be looking forward to your updates and uh, keeping us up to date on what's the latest is and and your your perspective on on how it affects uh, our listeners. So thank you both for that. Uh, let's turn to our, our major, our main topic today. It's uh, financial issues, particularly challenging for women. And, you know, there's a lot of different issues we talk about all the time and that, that affect everybody really the same way. But there's different challenges, of course, that have varying impacts from person to person because our situations are all unique. And that's, that's why we do financial planning and have these conversations. So let's take a look at some of the financial and retirement challenges that are unique to women today. Um, so let's get started. Um, you know, why is it that so many retired women are increasingly finding themselves in difficult financial situations. Yeah, I'm not so sure that I entirely agree with that question the way it's posed, Ben. Um, you know, if we're talking about speak, speaking about single retired women who, uh, there, there's different types of, of classes here of, of groups of women. And so let's talk about uh, retired professional women. Okay, gals that had successful careers or professionals 
uh, and they were surviving in, in the rigorous uh, world of male, a male-dominated industry, possibly. And so many of these gals, when they've entered retirement uh, stage of life, uh, uh, they find that there's really no difference than anybody else in retirement. They've saved enough money. Uh, they've been able to cope with the issues of uh, regarding uh, lifestyle changes. You know, the, the real issue is how do they occupy their time? And so that's probably a greater question for these professionals or career people that are women that are entering the workplace. Now, on the other side is the woman who becomes widowed during retirement. And there are many more obstacles I find, and I'm sure Barb does too, that they have to tackle. Uh, Many times, uh, families have chosen to operate under a concept that I call the division of labor. Okay. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, the the husband and wife each uh, have gravitated toward the things that they prefer or do well. In my parents' generation, my father became uh, the primarily the, the breadwinner in the home. Mom stayed at home, raised the kids. Uh, Dad had his own company, and uh, he paid the bills and took care of the financials. And when he became ill, though, there was a shift in that dynamic. And it wasn't that mom was denied the opportunity to take care of the financials. She just relegated that over to dad to take care of it. And so when dad uh, left the scene, Eventually, I had to step in to assist her with with money management, investment, and financial decisions. So, excuse me, another challenge that um, single gals in retirement or widows encounter are making financial decisions when it comes to things mechanical. Now, I'm not trying to get chauvinistic here, okay? You know, a lot of women engineers out there. There are a lot of women engineers. (laughs) A lot of gals know how to, you know, change tires on a car and, and change the spark plugs and that type of thing. But by and large, you know, when... When it comes to women purchasing cars, quite frankly, I think that there is somewhat of a um, a, a relaxed attitude on the part of some dealers out there as the way they handle women in this. But but cars, uh, plumbing issues, electrical issues, HVAC, you know, it's primarily uh, become uh, the roles that that are normally filled by the husband. And so I'm not saying that that's right, but it's just kind of the way it is yeah. in how it's viewed in society, Barb. Yeah, I agree. And um, I go to the mechanic that I've been going to for years, and I told him he can't retire because I trust him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, but another thing, too, is that women are living longer. So if you look at one out of two women in their mid-50s, we're going to live to 90. And there's many people over age 85, but especially women that end up in poverty, even if they weren't in poverty before, because now they're needing so much more income. But this is interesting statistic is that women typically give away more money to their kids than men. But we see this mm. with our clients, Phil. Yeah, we do. Yep. You know, your kids. But one thing I want to remind our listeners is that your kids have their entire careers ahead of them and you don't. That's right. And, yeah. But Social Security, according to Social Security numbers, their working careers, women's working careers average about 29 years. Probably some of those years they're taking care of kids before, before they really get into the workforce or either before or after but compared to 39 years for men. So overall, they have to save considerably more money during their working years. My advice is this, max out your retirement plan. Save as much as you can. This year, you can save up to $26,000 and do not take any loans from your 401k. The recently passed CARES Act allows you to take money out of your qualified plans this year, and you don't have a 10% penalty if you're under age 59 and a half. But I just want to caution you that just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. Mm, Right. Well, you touched on widows uh, a little bit, and, and I, I'm assuming that's going to be a, a big focus of conversation because, you know, frankly, women outlive men uh, quite more often than, than not. So there's going to be a yeah. lot of situations where women are, are around after their husband has passed, and they're left with everything that, that comes with that. And, and there's a lot of financial challenges that are on the board for, for women that are dealing with that after their, 
their spouse dies. And I guess it's got to be very difficult too, because you're in such a, a tough position and grieving and everything that goes along with it, that there's got to be quite a few challenges for widowed women. Yeah, there there has been. And the handling of finances is one of those, especially like Phil had just mentioned too, especially if she were never involved in that, it can be completely overwhelming. I always have both spouses come in when we're doing any planning and generally the husband, but not always. He's the one that handles the finances, but both need to know what's going on. And plus the wife usually has different concerns than the husband. So for one, if she does uh, outlive him, income is the issue. That's the biggest challenge. You know, now you're down to one social security check. You're a single tax filer. Is she going to have enough money because she wants to know that she's safe? And uh, is she going to relocate? You're going to, if she want to move by the kids, downsize the house. And this is time to review estate planning documents when one spouse passes. Because when estate planning documents are done, which is 5, 10, 15 plus years, they're never reviewed. But now this is a must. But I like to have the financial relationship with both. And then something happens to one and the other spouse already knows you. And it's less stressful when one spouse passes. They have enough on their estate, uh, on their plan. So let alone, you know, trying to get to know a new financial advisor or develop a relationship that they didn't know with that person very well beforehand. So women, if you're married, and you choose to not get involved with your financial advisor, do it and do it for yourself. You'll feel much better if you're informed. Well, let's, you gave some advice to women. Let's, uh, let's shift it up and give some advice to the men that, that are listening to the podcast too. <laughs> let's, let's talk uh, to the husbands specifically <clears throat> out there because it's important that, they, that everybody does their part in a relationship, right? So what are some of the things that you'd encourage the husbands to be doing to make sure they don't leave behind this financial mess for their wives to clean up? Yeah, Ben, I, I think that probably Barb would be uh, more forceful in addressing this particular topic than, <laughs> than me. But, uh, you know, here's the first thing I'm going to tell the guys, husbands, uh, men, you know, take your ego off and put it in your pocket. Take that machismo and put it on the side. Let's talk about what really is life is all about here. And I'm going to talk about it from two standpoints. One is a younger husband, you know, family man uh, who has uh, got kids and, and then older. And I've been in the business now for 40 plus years, but I find that the, the biggest mess that occurs for younger families is when the husband neglects to really assess and understand the importance of buying the right amount of life insurance. Now, we're not big sure. advocates of life insurance here. We don't sell very much of it, but uh, we do recommend it in situations where it's needed. But families I have seen have been devastated uh, because the husband has died prematurely, accidents, illness, you name it. Uh, I've seen it happen in my family. I've seen it happen among clients. And so, uh, you know, the husband uh, basically, and it's it, the insurance industry has done a terrible job in terms of really explaining how to buy the right amount of life insurance and how to buy it properly. And, and so a lot of times they have no insurance at all. It's difficult to find out how much the average death benefit is paid out by the life insurance industry. They don't really want you to know, but back 25 years ago, at that point, the average life insurance benefit paid out in a death claim across the board was only about 20000 bucks. Can you imagine how far that would take a family today? And so, uh, you know, it's not a published number that you'll see put out by the insurance industry because, quite frankly, it's a terrible number. But if you buy the appropriate amount and you buy it correctly, and that is buying term life insurance, then you can, you can afford to buy it. And I can tell you a little bit of my own story here. As a 35-year-old family man with a wife and two kids, I was paying $50 a month for about the $20,000 worth of life insurance when I was, as I say, 35 years of age. You know, after some advice from a trusted friend, I was able to purchase $250,000 or 10 times as much as I had for about the same money. And so, 
you know, we don't have the time to explain all the differences between it, but, but I would just encourage men to understand their mortality and understand how devastating this could be to a family. And we don't have time to go over into some of the examples, but I mean, there's some terrible things out there we've seen along the way. Now for older guys, you know, just prior to retirement or, or even past retirement, my recommendation is for husbands to include your spouse in all major money decisions. You know, as I said, check your machismo at the door <laughs> and make sure that, you know, I know you're Mr. Big, you know, we understand that. You, you know, I, how many times, Barbara, have you seen men come and say, well, we, you know, I, I take care the, of it. I take care of it. I make all the decisions, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden you find out, well, you know, well, mama, let him take care of all the decisions. <laughs> exactly. In reality, they can't. Um, but, you know, understand why you're making these decisions and, uh, and what you're doing. So it never fails to amaze me uh, that most financial planners as well, you know who they're addressing these issues to in a, in a situation where a husband and wife are sitting at the table? The husband. They're, yeah, they're addressing the husband. It's man-to-man kind of a thing. You know, as we used to say when I, I heard during my parents' generation, the little lady was sitting on the side, just kind of yeah. nodding her head, not really understanding because, you know, he knows what he's doing. And well, we're in a different age today, you know? And so we want to make sure that when a financial advisor is sitting with um, a couple that they're interviewing both. And so the big, big mistake is uh, addressing this issue with men only from several standpoints. You know, first, you know, chances are very great that uh, like we've talked about already that, you know, the wife is going to outlive her husband. And uh, so they've got to have a basic understanding. But secondly, I believe more importantly, that the spouse has a second set of eyes that needs to take a look at what's going on in the planning process. You know, and I've learned the wisdom in asking my wife her opinion and really respecting her caution when it comes to things that we're looking at. She may not be able to explain to me, Barb, all the reasons why she doesn't feel good about something, but if she doesn't feel good about something, that's a red flag to me. And I've learned to step back and say, whoa, wait a second, that's important. And so, important. so finally, you may want to make sure that you, you both understand and that you both have confidence in the planner that you're working with. True. Because nothing's worse than getting conflicting information from somebody else as a husband and wife. You don't like the guy or the gal you're working with. And, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, that one of them has shut down and they've shut down the process and they kind of neglect that area until the, the, the wrong time. And, and that would be when one of the spouses uh, passes away. Uh, and because, you know, you always left those decisions to George. Yep you're in trouble. And then you're a vulnerable victim, quite frankly, to a lot of those artists out there that really want to take you for, for big commissions. And, and again, that's, that's a different topic. Barb? Yeah, because I've had women tell me just that too, that when I meet with them uh, that are widowed, that they just, they, they met with yeah. their uh, financial advisor with their husband periodically, but they felt they had no relationship with them. So, but you had a good point too, addressing it with younger people, because actually that happened with me too, Phil, that um, my father died young. Mm. And our family wasn't prepared because the, he did not have any life insurance. Oh my, yeah. So, um, but I'm just going to address retirees, people that are near retirement or in retirement, the husbands that are. And that's like you said, Phil, have regular conversations about finances. And as you both age, I'd involve at least one of your kids. Let's face it, people are living into their 90s. And when they set up their estate plan, for instance, which is likely many years ago, they're not going to remember. So bring one of your kids in, or we sometimes sat down with whole families. Yes, right. They'll, you know, we'll talk about how the estate's going to settle when both parents are gone and review things like I had just previously mentioned, like income when one passes. You now have one social security check. You're likely going to pay more taxes because you're going to be, be a single filer 
One of the things that I'm going to mention about Social Security, though, is for husbands that haven't collected Social Security, consider waiting so that that higher benefit will be there for your spouse which if, she, uh, if you predecease her then that's when she's going to need it the most. It's going to take care of her health as she ages. Even if you don't collect at age 70, if you can wait any time beyond your full retirement age to collect and get that higher benefit, that's going to benefit her. Well, as a husband, I'm jotting down notes as y'all are talking. So there you go. Good, good, Ben. And and put them to use. Uh, Let's close it out with a little bit of a story, uh, maybe a story you can share from a client experience or just, you know, working with people previously where maybe a widowed or divorced woman who came to you guys for help and yeah, you're able to make a big difference in their life and get them on track financially. Yeah, I have a story that's a really, it's a good story actually from a divorced woman. So I met her about seven years ago and she was 61 at the time. She was getting ready to retire soon and she had no idea if she was going to make it in retirement. She didn't know if she needed to continue working full-time, if she should work part-time, etc. Well, she had a small pension, social security, and an investment account. And she had one son, but she wanted to make sure that he got what was left of her estate, not his wife. She didn't have an estate plan. She didn't even have a will. Well, it turns out I showed her how she was able to retire comfortably and have enough income for the rest of her life. And then we worked with our attorneys and we set up an estate plan for her. And also she's very independent. So she did not uh, want her son to be footing the bill if she went to the nursing home. So what we did is we set up a nursing home protection plan, a six-year plan in place for her. And if she doesn't go to the nursing home, her original deposit plus interest will be paid to her son on death. Well, the difference in her face when I told her she's going to be fine was just was of just such relief. She's thanked me so many times every time that we review. So when I can when I can help a client who really needs our help and put a plan together, and I know I've given her peace of mind, now she can enjoy her retirement. She does not have to work, and she knows she'll be okay. That's when our work is well worth the time we put into it. We put a lot of time into working with uh, our clients, Phil, don't we? With, we sure do. Yeah. With uh, you know, yep. putting together income plans and making sure that it's going to last all their lifetime and they're not going to be in poverty. So that's when it was well worth it. Yeah. It's, and each plan that we do, Barb, are, they're customized to yes. that person's specific situation. And so, uh, but yeah, there's a number of these kind of stories and, and there's some uh, there's some sad ones too where and Barb, you and I can both talk about people that maybe haven't followed our advice. And uh, as a result of it, you know, um, it didn't quite end up as productive for the family as it could have been. Yeah, I can think of a couple. Yeah. Well, we'll keep it positive on the show. Absolutely. Keep it positive. Absolutely. Yes. Keep it up. <laughs> well, listen. Yeah, 99% positive. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If anybody has any, any questions or, you know, if you're a woman that's listening and you want to maybe get more involved with the financial planning process or get started on that process, wherever you are, uh, you can always reach out to Barbara and Phil at Pathfinder Wealth Management, and they'll be happy to, to sit down with you and, and work out your plan. And, and that's the beauty, as Phil said, the customization, the, the personalization you get by working with, you know, income planning specialists like these two is is so valuable. So I encourage you to check them out online. Pathfinderwealth.com is the website. You can also call their office at 815-399-9806. So great information and great conversation today. And hopefully uh, the women that are in our audience will, uh, will get some value out of today's episode. Yeah, I hope so. Yep. We'll talk to you soon. Make sure you hit subscribe. A new episode will be coming out in a couple of weeks and we'll talk to you again at that point. All right, Ben, take care.
information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.